Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Yes, yes. We are in 40 in February. So say you, big words and stuff. Big words. And we're on one of the most auspicious days of 40 in February because it is St. Valentine's Day, right? Yes, it is the day that, you know, mob bosses slaughtered a bunch of people in an alleyway. That's what we're celebrating, right? Uh, no, well, yeah, that Valentine's Day massacre would also, it could be any of, there were three St. Valentines from the Catholic Church, at, at least three that I know of, and all three were martyred doing various terrible things. One outlawed marriage for young men, and uh, from Emperor Claudius, when he thought single men were better soldiers, and then this guy defied the decree and performed marriages for young lovers, so maybe that's the one. But anyway, he was also, he was beheaded by Claudius outside of Rome. So that's why we eat eggs. I don't know. <laughs> no, eggs is a totally different oh, that's, holiday. That's Easter. What do we, we chocolate something here. We take so. things in the shape of a heart and then we eat the heart. It is very, very Freudian, I'm sure. Like The, the, the real cool thing is, you know, we had Lupercalia, which was the pagan festival in this day. And then on top of it, the, I, I think the first time Valentine's Day is mentioned is uh, Chaucer. In uh, yeah. yeah, 1375. So you gotta so appreciate cool. Mr. Chaucer. He's one of my faves. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah. Well, and Paul Bettany immortalized him in a night. Nice oh, day. don't get me started on how much I love Mr. Bettany. I'm excited. I'm excited. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah. So besides the day that um, we should be eating lots of chocolate, which is really my excuse, and the worst day to possibly get a restaurant reservation. Those two things. <laughs> We have a very special guest today. Yes, yes. Thank we're recording in advance because he's got someone special he's spending his Valentine's Day with, I'm sure. So we are recording now with the amazing, one of my favorite investigators. And this guy has traveled all over and he presents almost as much as I do, which is crazy. Uh, and I would like to welcome aboard a good friend of mine, Mike Familiant. So that uh, of Red Eye is here. Thank you so much for having me. I am single, by the way. So, uh, ladies listening, feel free to uh, slide into the DMs. That's okay by me. Okay. I was talking about Wait. your favorite special person, Sasquatch. Oh well, yeah. I'm probably. I am actually going to be in the woods, bigfooting Valentine's Day. So, yeah, <laughs> I will be spending <laughs> it with my my favorite person. <laughs> okay, so not going to lie, there was a whole article somebody posted today on one of the many, many paranormal sites that I'm now cyber stalking. And they mentioned that there that Bigfoot said to them, I don't know what this is. So I'm just just, you know, my total cheap seats here. I'm not the right person for this. But they mentioned that the one thing Bigfoot said to them was that they want to mate with human women. So just just saying, is that a possible DM slip into if there's the right sassy woman for you? I mean <laughs> I'm not gonna put it past me. That's uh, yeah. I endorse that message. I endorse yeah. that message. Way to make it weird. The best if part. If it's if it's in the name of scientific research, I will do practically anything. There you go. Oh, I'm gonna come up with the list. But the, I think the best part of this, <laughs> which travelers you don't get the opportunity to see, was the look on Mark's face when I just said that, <laughs> because it was almost as great as the Bigfoot incest joke. I made a while ago, so 
They're yeah. welcome, travelers. Yeah. Sassy Squatch is going to be, I think we need to talk to Adulting Axolotl and, and, and a Sassy Squatch should be. We need a Sassy Squatch because I, I'm, what are, what are female Sasquatch called? Are they just Sasquatch? They're Sasquatch. Mm. Mike, right. well, we, we Mike, need to work on these names, but let, let's talk a little bit about you. All right. What would you like to know? Well, let's let's go with the origin story. What got you into all this? Origin story. All right. <clears throat> so here I am uh, living in Florida, right? Uh, Sarasota. And I was working at a uh, beach resort, which is like the best job I've ever had in my entire life, right? And uh, I was watching uh, Finding Bigfoot on TV. I could say that, right? Can I say yeah. that? Yeah. I was watching We've had, we've had Stacey Brown and a few others on. Awesome. Uh, watching Finding Bigfoot on TV. And at the end of it, I had no interest in it, right? No interest whatsoever. It was just on. And in the background, I heard him say, like, at the end of the show, if you want to come out with us and investigate, uh, you can come out with us. And I was like, oh, my God, there's no way I'm not doing this. This is like, the, this is going to be the coolest thing ever. So anyways, I signed up that night. I was engaged at the time, right? Uh, did not tell the fiance what we were doing. Okay, this was going to be like a little pre-wedding surprise thing, you know. So, uh, let me let me let me back up a little bit. Before this, I had always been like an inside kid, like always like uh, video games, movies, stuff like that. Never, never like outside. I never went camping. This was like this this Bigfoot trip was going to be my first ever camping experience. Right? Crazy enough, I know. So anyways, the time is coming, coming along and I have to start getting all this gear, like my tent and my sleeping bag and stuff like that. Right. And I had hidden it in a little, me and my fiance were living in this, like this little one bedroom apartment thing in, in, uh, in Sarasota. And I was hiding everything in like the little closet we had outside. And, uh, one day she decided to clean. Don't ask me why. It was just like a one-off thing. I, I don't know what, I don't know what, she never, never, ever cleaned ever before. But anyway, she found the stuff and she's like, Mike, what are we doing? And I said, hun, we are going to North Florida and we are going to look for Bigfoot. Right. And then we broke up. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, then, uh, I got a job, uh, on the ambulance working on the city of Tampa. I'm an EMT by trade. And uh, uh, I found out these tickets are non-refundable. A lot of money. These tickets were very expensive. Uh, and they were non-refundable. So I'm like, crap, now I got to find somebody to come on this trip with me up to North Florida. So I had three partners on the ambulance, right? And I had picked the weirdest partner. That's how I did it. <laughs> and uh, I was like, uh, hey, Jimmy, uh, I got these tickets to go up to look for Bigfoot. Do you want to come? Do you want to come with me? And he said, and he's my best friend to this day. He's like, I've always wanted to do that. And I said, yes. Awesome. Right. So anyways, trip comes along. We go up to Torreya State Park in the panhandle of Florida, which is really cool. It's actually where Stacey Brown had his uh, thermal yep. sighting which is yep. cool. So that was, that was awesome. We were up there and we were uh, doing our thing and nothing happened. Nothing happened. The entire, the entire trip, nothing happened. It was kind of a bust. Right. Uh, so anyways, the final night, uh, me and Jimmy, we were up watching it. We camped kind of far uh, further away from everybody because we thought everybody was going to be weird. You know, because <laughs> I mean, think about it. Bigfoot expedition. That's kind of strange to start with. So anyways, uh, we camped a little further away than everybody, and we were we were watching uh watching a meteor shower, having a little campfire by ourselves. It was beautiful, like three o'clock in the morning, 
And all of a sudden, you hear, bam, a knock. And I had instantly thought, it's like, oh, it, it has to be the people that put on the expedition, you know, that are that are hoaxing us. We didn't have any Bigfoot activity. It costs a lot of money. Gotcha. You know, hoaxing us. That's how they get these people that come back every year. About five minutes later, bam, tree knock from the other way. I'm like, man, these people are pretty good. You know, they must have radios and be in, commun you know, in communication with each other. And uh, I didn't think twice of it. So about 10 minutes later, uh, we're just sitting like, like, like by the fire talking like we are. And you hear it come crashing down through the trees. Plonk. A fist-sized rock landed about five feet from us. And I said, uh, at this point in my life, I said, nope. This is how horror movies start. I am getting out of here, right? Uh, Man after my own heart. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Not having this. Not having it. So uh, my buddy's like, Jimmy, he was like, well, if you want to sleep in the car, you're more than, by the time he said that, I had my tent and my sleeping bag, and I was just, I was beelining it right to the car. <laughs> and anyways, he came up to the car, and he's like, Mike, you know, Bigfoot's knock on trees. They throw rocks. This could be like squatchy activity that we're having right now. And I was like, yeah, I you know, I suppose so. So uh, he, he talked me out back by the campfire. And over the course of the next, like, I'd say about 15 minutes, four more of these fist-sized rocks come crashing down, land five to ten feet from our campfire. And it's at the fifth time, the fifth rock, Jimmy was like, Mike, I got an idea. I'm going to throw a rock back at it. And I said, Jimmy man, I don't think that's a good idea, man. You know, like, so he takes one of the rocks and he chucks it back at that direction. And I knew it wasn't like a person messing with us because at that exact moment, a 15 pound laptop sized boulder came crashing down and landed five feet from us. Whoa. And that, that was, was big. It. That was, uh, that was it. Then, then nothing else happened. The next morning we, we asked around, Hey, didn't anybody, it was a sleepless night, obviously. Uh, but, uh, Hey, did anybody hear anything last night? Nobody heard anything. We did some measurements to see like how close this thing could have been like throwing these rocks. And the closest this thing could have been was like 75 yards away. Wow. So, I don't know. Unless Nolan Ryan's out there chilling and throwing rocks in the middle of Florida panhandle. I don't know what's going on. Right. <laughs> No, it's true. It sounds like from everything that I've heard, that was Bigfoot going, uh, you guys need to leave. You're, you're too little, close. You're a little too close. Too close. I think that's, and I think that's why that like we were the only people that got activity that night is because we, we camped further away from everybody. We were that closer to that Bigfoot family yeah. group or whatever you want to call them, clan or whatever, whatever. What I think is funny is because you had the nope situation there, which would immediately, first of all, there would be no convincing me to go back to the campsite unless something started hitting the car then i'd be like okay i'm not safe in the car either but um and then you decided to keep doing this so what is the nope didn't hold very long no no you know after this whole thing uh we left the expedition and i was like you know i was thinking i was like man there's gotta be something behind this this bigfoot thing there's gotta be you know something had to throw that rock so I was like, I'm going to look into this. And it kind of caught my attention. And uh, it was the second time we went out that I saw like eye shine. It was very ominous. And uh, that's what really kind of lit the fire into me. It was like, okay, something's definitely out there. And I want to figure out what it is. 
and I've been doing it since uh, that was back in 2011. So what, 13 years ago now? That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a ride. Uh, it's been a ride for sure. I've been to some really beautiful places. I met some really amazing people like, like, like you and Mark and, and everybody along the way it's been, it's been, <laughs> I wouldn't change it for the world. So tell us about in the shadow of red eye. How did that start? Okay. Yeah. So I was watching all these shows on TV and I was doing all these investigations. This is like fast forward a couple of years after my initial encounters. And, um, I'm I'm watching these shows and I'm like, man, I've been doing Bigfoot for a while and this isn't how Bigfooting is. It, like they're editing it really hardcore and it's not, it's just not right. So I was like, you know, I got a background in video editing and I'm a little bit bored. So why don't I just uh, take my background and, and let's film our Bigfoot investigations and put them on YouTube. And now we're we're just shy of three thousand followers, so that's that's pretty crazy. I like that you said that because that's one of the things we talk about on very various investigations. And I know Mark said that you're you're into more than just Bigfoot, which we'll uh, get into in a minute. But that you said that you're watching people do edited because I think that is probably one of the most frustrating things for people who are really into the paranormal mm. is. You know, kind of to your original story, you're out there forever. How many days were you out on your first trip? It was a three-nighter. Yeah, and so it's the very last night that something happens, and maybe nothing would have happened, right? Exactly. But when you said maybe it's the people putting it on, which they don't, you know, throwing rocks and stuff to make it happen, I could see people doing that to go, this thing, because so many people are like, something's going to happen, you know, yeah. and sometimes nothing happens regardless of how active something is. Yeah. And that's uh, a lot of people don't understand that. And, uh, you know, I, I used to bring people out on investigations and they used to, you know, uh, uh, I had one guy's like, okay, when's it going to happen? When are we, you know, when are we going to get some activity? And I, I sense of not, don't bring really people out too much anymore, but um, I get activity maybe one in 10, maybe one in 15 times. And that could be anywhere from like a, a possible knock to maybe a, a, an unusual footprint find type thing. It's not like crazy, like sightings or anything like that. I've actually never seen a Bigfoot, to be honest with you. I've never, never seen one. You know me, I like all the other peripheral stuff. I love Bigfoot, and but I love when you're out there, the things that are happening around you that might also be something unusual. But I love going out with Bigfoot hunters because they take us to all the coolest places that you're never going to see in your life if you don't go out and do this. You're in the Shadow Red Eye was one of those first ones that I turned on and was like, hey, this guy's actually doing the stuff. He's talking the talk and walking the walk. It was, you know, fascinating to me. And I think that was when we first, you know, connected back then. Yeah, and, and that was a long time ago, too. We've been friends for quite some time. Um, but, yeah, the 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 one thing that I, I hold true and, and near and dear to my heart is, is like the mission statement of the show. And that's to to get people off the couch and into nature more. See something that you wouldn't see. Go on that waterfall hike that you've been putting off for the last couple of years. Like, that's my thing. And every... Uh, episode of my show has that kind of underlying uh, message behind it. So hopefully I can entice some some people to get outside more. So so tell us a little bit about Red Eye. Big Red Eye. In 1972, 
we have uh, northwestern New Jersey, the the very northern tip of New Jersey, that kind of like the armpit of Pennsylvania, New York. That's where I live. The uh, highest point in New Jersey is like uh, thirteen or eighteen hundred feet, something like that, eighteen hundred three feet. But anyways, there's a, a state park ranger in 1972 that was working there, and he was doing his patrols at night. And he went on record and in his report said that he came across two pairs of reflecting red eyes in the woods during his patrol. So, like I said, he wrote that down on his paper or whatever in his report. And somehow the next day, the newspaper got a hold of it. And thus the name they they created in the name, uh, as as most uh, newspapers do create the best names for things. Uh, Big Red Eye was born. So that's pretty neat. And that was back in 72. And it's been seen all around the United States since then. Red eyes is definitely one of those things that a lot of people forget, you know, when they're doing eye shine checks and stuff like that, most it's yellow or, you know, orange-ish. And uh, there is, there's a, you know, there's a great Sasquatch, like an alpha somewhere up in the Pennsylvania area called Old Orange Eyes. And we love him because he's like 12 feet tall, supposedly, and in, in his yeah. sightings that have been reported. But I loved Big Red Eye. I thought that was very cool. It's our little, uh, you know, geographic Bigfoot claim to fame type thing. And even though it's a small little area, it's it's still our little, uh, little thing we have, you know. Yeah. Well, Florida, we call him Skunk Ape. So, you know, we're stuck exactly. with that. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mark loves to make, the, you know, here at Mark, where we presently live, they're called the Boo Jump. Or the, the jumper. Yeah. Boo-jump. So um not all names make it better. Let's just oh. put it that way. <laughs> yeah, we uh, can't have nice things. No, and I think it's following you. That's what I'm gonna say about that. So my question though for you, Mike, because we are we're just officially meeting now, crossing paths, so to speak. Mark said you were interested in other things too, that you were not just the Bigfoot person. So what are what are your other areas that you like to delve into? I'm mostly the Bigfoot person. Uh, that's that's kind of uh, my goal is is to see what you know what threw rocks at me, and I think it was Bigfoot. Um, a lot of people ask me like what kind of other cryptids I believe in, right? And and um, I've I haven't I've been out in the woods a lot. Like last year, I spent 127 nights tent camping. And uh, I couldn't tell you how many miles I've hiked in the woods that last year or whatever, but I've, I've come across some big footy stuff, squatchy stuff, but never anything dogman, uh, never anything mothman and n- no other cryptids. So I'm not saying that they're not out there. Uh, it would just be, you know, it, it would be hard to hard for me to believe something unless i see one and that's the same same way with bigfoot you know I, i'm i'm sitting 70 percent that bigfoot exists to to be honest with you i don't know i don't even know if he's truly out there for sure just because i've never seen one you know uh the cryptid that i would love to be real is uh well it's not really a cryptid more of an extinct animal but uh, the tasmanian uh tiger uh, oh. does, yeah that that was uh is one of my favorite uh favorite cryptids that we we got going on if i ever had an opportunity to go out to tasmania i would oh take it in a heartbeat yeah you know but we want to experience it over there is i want to experience the sound of tasmanian devils at night Ooh. oh yeah because pretty... you want to talk about thinking that there's a cryptid out there following you is the you know that sound Travelers, if you have not heard a Tasmanian devil, you can look this up on YouTube. I'm sure Bo can clickety-clack a link for us of what the sound these things make are, and you get why they got their name. Mm. 
No, I got to take Mike to uh, a couple places in Brooksville. So we went to one of the old uh, cemeteries out there, uh, which had had some Squatch sightings near uh, uh, Shiloh Cemetery, but it also has some ghosts. So we got to have a little fun in the cemetery for a video last year. Where we like were the, the trifecta of everything. I mean, if you wanted yeah. to get cryptids, paranormal, uh, anything you wanted, you could probably find at that cemetery. That was awesome. And I got to say thank you again for bringing us, bringing me there, me and uh, Wiley and I. That was so fun. Yeah, that was that's that's why I was like, all right, see, you can find other things while we're out. <laughs> and and if you remember correctly, Wiley found oranges. Yes, he found some wild oranges there. <laughs> Great. And I and I think we went to uh, uh, Coney Island hot dogs and had uh, an El a dog where Elvis ate. So yeah, can't go wrong with that. But uh, but no, that's one of the fun things. While you get to do all this stuff while you're hunting for Bigfoot and all that is you've traveled literally up and down the United States and. And you've gone to some really amazing places. So, like, like what, what are some of your standouts? Oh, man. It, it's hard to answer because it really depends on, like, what you're looking – like, what, you, what kind of stuff you're into, right? Like, I'm into views. Like, if I could hike to the top of a mountain and get a really cool view, I'm going to. Best example would be last year I was at uh, Brasstown Bald in Georgia. Uh, that has, I think you can see like five different states or some crazy something like that. That's yeah, not far from us. No. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It's right down the road from you guys. You guys, if you've never been there, take a trip, it's a little hike up there. It's very steep, but it's worth it. I love, love, love the Adirondacks in New York state. Mm. Uh, that's one of my favorite places to visit. The mountains are just absolutely breathtaking. Uh, I've never seen anything else like it. Uh, it's really cool. Lake Placid area and white face mountains, really cool history when it comes to the Olympics and stuff like that. So you got that stuff there. Another place, uh, you know, the smoky mountains right by you guys. I've, I've back where we're at. Yeah. 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 Uh, a deep Creek trail, a backpack through there. And that is just, it is it's it's one of the most beautiful places that I've ever had the opportunity of exploring. Uh, and we have do you do to... these trips on your own? Um, yeah, generally uh, I do. Uh, it depends on uh, if I could get somebody to come with me. I open it up to all my friends on Facebook and stuff like that. But generally, like when I'm taking a trip, I'm out there for like two to three weeks. Like that's how long my tours are. Oh, wow. Uh, so so I'm I'm tent camping for that long and a lot of people aren't as crazy or as weird as me so they don't want to do that for some reason. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Yep. I I came out for a half day. I didn't even stay the night. <laughs> uh, you know, epilepsy is a fun thing. You don't want me in the woods at night. So I give you no. credit for the half day, Mark. That was like I said, that was great. Yeah. So all right, well we are going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will talk more with Mike. The sweltering heat of the Florida sun breaks as a chill runs down your spine. A dark shadow looms from a nearby tourist trap. You didn't expect to find this kind of shade in Florida. If only there was some sort of travel guide to steer you through the spookier locales. You're in luck, reader. Join author Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz as they lead you through the darkest locations in the Sunshine State in creepy Florida. Available from History Press and at fine bookstores everywhere. Prepare to be devoured. The Wolves of Wharton is a six-part complete book series 
by Erie Travel's producer, Bo Lake. It has been called dark and visceral, steamy, dramatic, and a fresh take on the werewolf mythos. If you like action, adventure, a large serving of body horror, and some steamy relations, the Wolves of Wharton series is for you. Pick it up wherever books are sold or at linktree.com slash bow underscore underscore lake. We're back. We're back. So, um, I, I have to ask this, Mike, before you start talking about your tour and all this other stuff that you're doing. Um, what is the weirdest um, encounter that you've had? <laughs> I've met some pretty weird people. Humans yeah. are the weirdest people. Like we are, we're the weirdest people. It's not the zombies; it's the humans. Yeah, yeah. I, I I met somebody. Uh, <laughs> This is not my most, this is not my, my proudest moment ever that I've ever done before, but I met somebody in Maine who claimed to have witnessed a 20 foot Sasquatch uh, with talons and it looked like a pterodactyl, uh, very, I mean, this 93 inch footprints, this thing left. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's on my YouTube. Anybody could check it out. It's a Bigfoot campfire story, but anyways, uh, after this, I went into the woods at night with this gentleman, which is probably a mistake. Uh, it was it was uh, me and my friend. He's like, he took us to this place. He's like, I'm going to put a trail camera up, right? And I was like, okay. He's like, let's go in the woods. And, and we just got to go south. We're just going to go south, straight line south. And I said, I put on my, my GPS tracker because I'm like, I don't think so. You know, I had a little bit of little suspicion. And as we're weaving around trees where I'm, I'm looking at the GPS and we're going in this big circle, he's like, okay, we're going to put the trail camera here. I'm like, okay. And then he put it up and then, uh, uh, he started going backwards and he's going the complete wrong direction. So I let him go for like five minutes. I'm like, dude, we're just going deeper in the woods. He's like, no, we're not. We're going North. And I'm like, no, we're not. (laughs) Anyways, he didn't realize that. I don't know. Uh, that was weird. Let's see. Uh, bloody doll. Uh, Pennsylvania State Forest Road, not cool. Found that one. That was not a good, uh, good uh, sighting. Wait, wait, wait. What? 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 Hold on. You can't just drop that. Did you just say bloody doll? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically what it was. And and uh, and a uh, an shoe. A bloody doll in a shoe. And a, and a shoe. They were about three feet away from each other, just just hanging out. Yeah, I don't. I I I left. I skedaddled out of the area quickly. Wow. It didn't ha- it didn't help. We were camping on the same road. That was a little shady. That's no, no, no. That's not good. I don't know. I don't like any of that. <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna pass. Hard pass. Nope. I'm, <laughs> nope. Nope. I'm out. I'm out. Um, okay. Um, Mark, go ahead. Cause I just can't that, that just, that broke just threw her off. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, that'll, that'll do it. Uh, you know, so <laughs> when you go on these adventures, when you're going, what are your preparations? What are the things you bring with you? Uh, it depends on how long I'm going for, where I'm going, if I'm going with anybody, that type of thing. Uh, generally I pack my car up extremely full. 
I have uh, what's called the Bigfoot Mobile Command Center. You got the you got the the grand tour of it when you were down. Uh, it's packed. I mean, there's no room for anything in there. Uh, partly because uh, I have a, a real, I have like over a hundred uh, items on my Etsy store. We have an Etsy to kind of keep us uh, keep us rolling along, right? And uh, since I'm gone for so long, and and on uh, on these extended tours, I actually have to bring my inventory with me, and I ship it as I go. So that's that takes up a lot of room, but it's really cool because I get to see these like small town post office wherever I go, and I get to like tour these little small towns and get pizza in like the little small towns and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. But um, I bring uh, everything you can think of, all the investigating gear, thermal, night vision, trail cameras, uh, what have you. Uh, sometimes I'll bring my guitar if I am going, uh, and I know that there's not going to be anybody camping within ear shot of us. I'll bring my guitar because I'm terrible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is some of the stuff. All right. And then let's now let's say somebody is wanting to go on their first Sasquatch hunt and they, you know, they've, they've had activity near them or something and they're interested because we've got emails where people are like, "Hey, I, I think something's nearby. Should uh, should they do it alone, or should they reach out to help?" I'm being a little leading there, so yeah, definitely do it alone. Go by yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Uh, Mark, uh, how the hell did you invite this person on the show? <laughs> First advice ever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh no uh how, how to go about going uh get somebody to go with there's do's and don'ts of bigfooting right don't uh don't do stupid things like don't trespass don't go by yourself the first time uh do tell somebody where you're going leave an itinerary with somebody don't do anything that's crazy don't do anything that you can't do don't do a 10 mile hike if you've never hiked before type of thing you know keep it simple there's a ton of amazing amazing information and groups on facebook where you could find uh, every state has a bigfoot group where you could reach out to to that group and say hey i have had activity here i happen to moderate a bunch of them on the east coast so so you can even reach out to me if you'd like to and we can make sure that you get some good advice before you go out uh, without knowing what to do in the woods right yeah and that's what i i try to send people when people message us we send them to teams and a couple of teams that you, you know, you guys help moderate. If you want questions, there are people out there who can help. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people will come to me and say, um, where's Bigfoot sightings here, here and here, especially when I'm out at these libraries, touring places, like, and unfortunately I can't, you know, I don't know the every area that I go to, I don't know the sightings specifically in that area. I don't have, unfortunately, you know, I'm going to be at 20 states this year, so I don't have enough time to research every location that I go to. Unfortunately, I wish I could, but uh, at these libraries, it's really cool because um, uh, people will come in and that have had sightings, and yeah. it's almost like a mini town hall where people will tell me their sightings and say, Hey, you need to check out here. And then that night I'll go and check that place out. It's awesome. So if you've had have activity and I'm coming to an area near you, check out my website, shadow of red uh, And you can see where I'll be. Come to one of my library presentations, check it out. Very cool. Okay. So question, um, what are, when people are going out, I mean, you, you mentioned it earlier, you don't always see something, right? Mm. Right. Um, is there education on certain things you think people should do before they go out? Because like I had, we live up in the mountains and my boyfriend went outside and he came back in and he's like, 
um there's something out there and i'm like well we live on a mountain you know um but he was like it sounded like a monkey screaming Mm. and so i texted mark and i'm like so what sounds like a monkey screaming and he's like i think it's a bobcat right Right? (laughs) so from you know but you hear that in the woods we were talking about the tasmanian devil if you heard that in the woods you'd be like we are being surrounded and we're going to be hunted and killed by demons you know like so what would you recommend somebody do education wise so that they are actually listening for the right things familiarize yourself with what animals are in your woods like uh for perfect example uh and something that that people may not realize is peacocks sound crazy and if you live in florida then you you probably know what a peacock sounds like and me coming from outside of florida the first time that i heard one i almost crapped myself i was like what in the world is that but um the best way and i'm gonna do a little plug for myself here just because you know why not pick up a copy of squatchables it's my 11 part dvd uh series uh about how to find a bigfoot bigfooting 101 and it's uh, it's designed for exactly this scenario. If people have never been out in the woods before and uh, don't want to spend X hundred dollars going out on, you know, a, an official Bigfoot research or a, a, an investigation, uh, you can you can definitely do it with uh, with yourself and a couple friends uh, as long as you're safe and smart about it. But, uh, yeah, a copy of, of Squatchables would help you out with that. That's like. I put in there, if you've never been in the woods hiking before, like how to like read trail markers, like left, right type thing, all the way up to like in very in-depth stuff, like how to cast a Bigfoot track and stuff like that. It's got everything in there. It's pretty neat. You know, we talk about the knocking and stuff like that. What are some other things like that that you've experienced? I've heard uh, vocalizations. Uh, we were up in High Point State Park as, uh, as the same, same state park where uh, the the initial big red eye story came from. And uh, we were on this gas line. I think gas lines are like Bigfoot highways or power lines are like Bigfoot highways. Uh, but anyways, uh, we there were five of us there and we had a uh, I did a barred owl call because uh, that's a common owl that's that's up by us. Uh, so I did a barred owl call and about five seconds later. Uh, we got this series of three howls back and recorded five people recorded them on five different voice recorders. So it's not like anything is, you know. Um, so anyways, uh, I sent that clip off to a linguist from the military who does Bigfoot research on the side. So he's like completely appropriate to listen to my audio. Right. So he came back and he said with this like five page report, he said, because of like X, Y, and Z, uh, it's outside of human vocal range and it's no known animal. So that's pretty cool. And that comes from like a scientist from the military. Wow. Every- no, that's. Go ahead, Mark. But evidence is is something new, you know, and that's we try to we try to point that out to everybody. It's like there's a there's a reason this stuff needs studies because we're finding bits and we just we haven't been able to compile it all. And that's what thankfully some of these universities are doing that now with the DNA testing and and yeah. and some are you know taking calls and stuff. They're like uh what is it, the guys who do our favorite thing, the Merlin app that do the bird calls and stuff, that even they're finding new things on that that they weren't expecting mm. and that's uh and one, one of the things funny is they mentioned peacocks is no, one no. of the things that app <laughs> hasn't figured out is peacock calls and it's a bird app and it listens to bird sounds but since peacocks aren't normally in this area they don't show up yeah. on the 
the call so people go oh it's 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 a monster it's a ghost because it's <laughs> you know it, it didn't show up on my bird call app it's like well it's because it's not native to this area and that's part of what we study is out of place things you know so yeah. things that might have invasive species are a thing gang what's interesting like in you know i lived in florida for a time that's where me and mark met and um one of the things that scared the crap out of me one time was a frog mm. So I was inside my house and all of a sudden I heard what sounded like a child screaming. So appropriate. Um, I grabbed a baseball bat and I went outside because I was like, if somebody's beating the crap out of a child, they're about to get a metal baseball bat to the face. There are certain things where Erica will not know about the situation. Um, but it, this screaming and then I open the door and it stops. So I'm walking around like I'm looking all around because it didn't sound like it was that far and I see nothing like there's nobody out. There's not, you know, not even a cat or whatever. I go back inside a couple minutes later, it starts again. And I'm like, what in the crap is this? Right. And I'm, I'm literally getting ready to call the police. Cause it sounds like this child is having the crap beat out of them. I go outside and I'm shining a light. And all of a sudden I noticed that there's this little frog that was sort of like a yellowish gold color, but it was a pretty big frog, three or four inches in my window and it turns out those make that sound and they sound like a child and i'm like nature is so deceptive i'm quite sure this is a warning thing for something out in the world you know like make this scream and bats leave it alone i don't know but what's <laughs> terrifying and peacocks too and i'm like i you know i i sometimes imagine what it would be like without the technology we have and stuff hearing some of these sounds in nature We'd be like, we're never leaving the house again. You guys want to know the most scared that I've ever been in the woods? Oh That's my gosh, scary. yes, please. We got to hear that. All right. So we're in Stoke State Forest, which is in New Jersey, and it was February, and it was me and uh, my buddy Kevin, who has since passed. But uh, uh, me and Kevin, it was right before an expedition. I was an investigator with the with the BFRO, and and we were doing uh, uh, the day before the investigation, uh, where everybody was coming. And uh, it was cold. I mean, like double sleeping bag cold, right? So I was in my two mummy sleeping bags and I was like mummified up like this. I had a one person tent that you couldn't even sit up on it. Like that was like how, how small it was. It was a backpacker tent. So, but it was like super moon out. Like you could see the shadows. Uh, I mean, it was like, like almost like day. So anyways, here I am. I just laid down, just got comfortable. And then it happens, right? It starts from right over my head and you could see the shadow of it. And then it starts coming down. And what is it? Spider. Most scared I've ever been before in the woods. That'll do it. That'll oh, do it. The beauty of having a wife who raises spiders, that, oh. that doesn't bother me anymore. <laughs> I screamed so loud. There's audio of it somewhere, people. I don't know where, but there's definitely <laughs> audio. Uh, I can share um, my scariest camping experience because, believe it or not, yes. Mark, I actually went camping as a child. Uh, and mm -hmm. we were camping in, um, I think it was up near Big Bear. It was in California. I was in the Redwoods. And it was, I'm going to say about 15, 16 kids. And it was like a summer camp. It was called Camp Get You Dirty. Yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah, which, you know, as an adult, that has many other connotations. But anyway, 
So we were up there, we had gone fishing and they had put all of our food in the station wagon. It was one of those big station wagons with the big back door that had the seat in the back as well that you could, you know, but we're all in these tents and, you know, there's probably four of us kids in each tent and the adults are in one tent. And this is back in the eighties when it was, you know, presumed safe to do such things. All <laughs> of a sudden we hear this crashing noise, like just violent crashing noise course we are awoken from our slumber and me and the person in the tent with me that woke up we unzip the tent you know we're kids we unzip the tent look outside there is a fucking grizzly bear oh, breaking into the car to get the twinkies that were in the back of the car yep. this thing and i'm not exaggerating when i say grizzly bear it was a fucking grizzly bear it was almost the size of the car like, yeah. it was so big. And we're just sitting there. And I remember just like, you know those moments where people talk about I was frozen? I was frozen. I mean, I was maybe 11 years old or something like that, 10. And then the thing, of course, because we unzipped and we're there, turns its head. And I, you know, I was like, I'm going to die. Now, of course, the Twinkies were way more important to this bear than the small children in the tent, right? The next day, the you know the camp counselors are like, so um, there was a bear in camp last. No duh, no <laughs> duh. There was a bear in camp last night. Ah! So I appreciate the spider story, anymore? but fucking grizzly bear. Is that why you don't go camping anymore? Um, no. So I don't. Hmm. I'm not a fan of sleeping on hard ground. For one, okay. I'm not a fan of being cold. Um, I'm not a fan of bugs, not just spiders. Spiders don't actually bother me as much, except for if it was dangling and I was all bundled, maybe because there's <laughs> no escape. But I find that a lot of times, unless you're doing something on camping specifically, it's boring. Like everybody go out and hang out in the woods. It's like drinking in card games or something. And I'm like, I could do this in a much more comfortable bed. <laughs> I could get the same amount of drunk with less mosquitoes, less freezing my ass off, less uncomfortable sleeping. So if that, you know, is going to be the activity, you know, it's not going to happen. But now that we do this podcast, my gut feeling tells me that unfortunately for me, there are going to be several times I will be in camping type situations looking for various monsters, which there's a whole theory I have there of why go in search of things that are that much bigger than me. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> this is a very haunted asylum. Let's go here at night. What? What? Like you already know, it's already got a warning label on it. Why the hell would you want to do that? But I'm sure we're going to be doing that as well. So a little bit, a little bit, and possibly... I possibly hang out with mike one night on his journeys through our area so yeah, definitely. yes do not plan it when it's cold <laughs> you plan it I when will, it's cold no i will do my best make sure mother <laughs> nature warms up when i'm down there yes yeah. well we got to take him to chimney rock and blowing rock and a few other fun places around there and clingman's dome and yeah, well, we can also, maybe he'll find that um, white cryptid that everybody's seeing around. Oh, yeah, the, the recent, we've had, we've had a recent rash of white things 
which are basically white Sasquatch, like albino. Really? Uh, they're gray colored. And uh, we've had quite a few sightings in this area from ten eastern Tennessee to western North Carolina. So and, and a little North Georgia, too. I've been forwarding them on to BFRO. So we'll see uh, if anybody has something a little more definitive. But the fact that we've got like four over a three month period was that pretty crazy. Little, yeah, it sounds a little fishy. That's cool. Yeah, something something is out there. Something is out there. Yeah. So. yeah. Something uh, is out there. All right, now, speaking of which, something is out there. You're going to be out and about. When does your tour start? And you know, where do you head? Uh, our tour uh is going to start in lovely Florida. I always start in Florida in February because I'm a snowbird by in heart, and it's going to be warm down there in February. Yeah. Just like Erica, I do not like the cold at all. Um, but yes, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama, and Mississippi. Those are the five states that I'm going to be, uh, in, in, uh, February and early March. And then, uh, then Mark, I'm going to be everywhere. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, uh, I can't even, I think, I think I'm, I'm slotted for 20 states this year. So I could, I could name them all, but it just wouldn't make a difference. Just say, nah, nah, so just, well, yeah. So we'll follow you at, uh, in the shadow of red eye. Right. Yeah. Shadowredeye.com is my website and uh, I have all my upcoming appearances on there. I have a really cool email list. If anybody wants to get on that, you could just shoot me an email, any of my socials, and uh, we'll get you on that email list so you can see where I'm going to be and stuff like that as well. And if the library would like you to talk, they can also reach out to you there too, right? Absolutely. I have libraries reach out all the time. I booked three venues today. Just today, I booked three venues. So I am going crazy over here uh as you can imagine well you'll have to let us know when you're going to be in our neck of the woods and we'll have to have an in-person improv do eerie travels Ooh. go hunt for something as long as the weather's okay or we could just <laughs> grab lunch yeah, yeah whatever that's we yeah. could go to the food <laughs> jump cafe the there Boot we go cafe. there's there's our travel for this week yes go, go to the Boojum cafe uh near uh was that was that waynesville it's waynesville yes waynesville, waynesville north carolina and they have a wonderful crazy bar that is bigfoot themed and uh it's a brewery so you can't go wrong with That's that awesome well it was really fun meeting you mike this is really exciting and that people can go so there's another travel tip travelers check out the website i'm sure based on that many states he's going to be somewhere near you as long as you're in the continental united states so Definitely check it out and go see him in person. Yeah, I I appreciate the opportunity to to be on uh, with you guys. I've been a long time listener and fan, and I I really appreciate uh, just having the opportunity to to chat with you guys for a little bit. It was it was super nice to meet you, Erica and and uh, Mark. It was I mean, as it's fun as it's always fun, sir. So as yeah. we we have too much fun, and that's always been the case. We we like talking monsters and. Heck yeah, that's that's what it's all about. So well, you know what would be super cool is we'll have you back after your tour, and then Ooh, you can tell yeah. us all about all of the terribly interesting humans and stories and stuff like that <laughs> that you heard when you were on the road. All the unfortunate incidences that have occurred to me through my travels of the year. Yes, yeah. please keep track of everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, you know, that's one of the love hate things about filming a, a show like i film is i film everything every like everything gets filmed so those unfortunate times when i do slip and fall 
I do get them on video. So they yep. are definitely part of my show. And that's that's like what sets my show is a little apart from all the other ones, too, is just see me fall and make fun of myself. And you see all these un, un terrible things that happen to us along the way. But that's part of the fun, right? I think so. I think so. Okay. So um, people can check you out at your website. We're going to throw all of your information in the show notes. It was absolutely wonderful meeting you. Yes. Um, Mark? Well, all right. I guess it's about time to take it out of here. So thanks again, every listener and traveler for joining us as always. And we hope you will continue to do so. Please definitely reach out to Mike if you've ever seen anything fun that you want to report to him. He'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear it. You can also follow him at his website and his YouTube channel. In the Shadow of Red Eye is a blast to watch. So uh, definitely entertain yourselves with that if you don't feel like going out in the cold and in the dark. But if you do, remember, when you're out in the forest alone at night and you hear that tree knocking and you hear those rocks fall, just remember, it may just be a message, but it also might be time to GTFO. And we'll see you on the other side. <laughs>